0: Thanks. Uh, good. Well, uh, I'm not really going to be talking that much, actually. Um, so some of my friends, it 's <laughs> yes, good. Some of my friends um, are going to be speaking sort of on my behalf. And uh, I suppose this last session, I just want to continue where Wayne and Ali left off in terms of just giving some practical pointers uh, around youth work, but probably around three areas that um, some of you might be working into already. Some of you definitely won't be working into. And really just to get you thinking about some issues uh, that young people in society and culture, both in church and out of the church, are going to be facing uh, and really how we combat some of that stuff. So um, the three areas that we're going to be looking at uh, a CAP, um, which is uh, Christians Against Poverty. We're going to be uh, just inviting Karen up in just a moment to talk. We're going to be hearing from XLP, who have been at the back um, for the day as well, that I know a number of you have engaged with already. Um, and also we're going to be talking about prayer spaces and prayer spaces working into schools. And um, as I say, if you're starting to listen, as, as I start to... Uh, interview each of these people we're going to finish each interview with a 10 minute break where we can talk practically about how we're engaging it for some of you you might be thinking this is like just something that I'm not engaged with at all right now that's sort of the point so don't worry if we're sort of talking and you're thinking I've not even begun to think about this it's okay Um, and I'll explain a little bit more about that as we go is that okay is that okay at the back yeah, I saw a hand up like, halfway. Is anyone at the back with me? Right at the back. Give me. Ooh, there they are. Good. Right. Let's welcome Karen to the stage. Give her a round of applause. Which stalls? You up? Like? Yeah. You I love interviews on stalls. Um, so Karen um, has basically um, come into the new day world in the summer, and um, we connected a little bit. Um, And it's been a real privilege just getting to know you a bit more Um, and works for CAP. Why don't you just start by telling us why working for CAP and particularly working alongside young people is such a, a significant thing for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Who here has heard of Christians Against Poverty? Yeah, loads of you. That's great. Amazing. So for those of you who don't know what we do, uh, Christians Against Poverty is a debt counselling charity. But as well as that, we also do job clubs. We do release groups to help people who have addiction. Uh, We do life skills groups to help people learn some uh, really vital skills for life, essentially. does It what it says in the name. Um, But we also do money management courses. And part of that is our youth, our kids and our student resources as well. Um, so for me personally when I found out about CAP, uh, it's a Christian charity, it's evangelistic, overtly evangelistic um, but also it just seeks to serve the poor um, and to see people come to know Jesus and that's why I wanted to get involved. So I started by doing our internship. Uh, I did, started that four years ago and then I'm working full-time now for CAP and I kind of oversee the CAP money program. Um, but it's so important, money management is so important. Uh, we hear loads of our clients who get into debt, they often say uh, we just didn't have the right tools growing up as children to know how to handle our finances. Uh, One of our clients, Steph, she um, was quite popular. She was on the media. She was on BBC uh, Radio Live, I think. um, And she was just saying that when she was young um, and when she finally moved into her own home, she didn't realise they had to pay for water. So, she was getting into debt because she was just in I- arrears paying her water bill because she just didn't know you had to pay something as simple as water. Um, and that's, that's often the case with so many young people they don't know and they don't have those skills to actually be able to handle their finances. So, for me, it's just really important that young people do know that. Uh, we start to form habits around spending money at seven. Um, so, really, if we can get to our young people as soon as possible, it's really going to help them later in life.
0: That's great. And... I'd love just to develop that a little bit. As we were talking, um, I, um, and this is not to put you off or to worry you about what you do in life, um, but if I talk to youth or youth leaders about budgeting, uh, they don't tend to sort of like jump up and down and swing from the rafters thinking, yeah, that's what I'm all about. Uh, and sometimes it's a bit like of a blank face, like why on earth would we hit such a subject? And um, I'd love you just to expand a little bit on, on what you were just saying in terms of why it's so important to reach young people where they're at with this subject.
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, recent research that UGov did said that uh, it's actually young people so kind of the 18 to 24 uh, young adults age bracket um, who are the least likely to understand financial literature and um, so only eight percent of those that young adult bracket actually feel like they really know what's going on with their finances which is so low so if we can reach young people as soon as possible it means that they're going to go into that age bracket and they're going to feel more comfortable they're going to be able to, to understand financial literature understand what they're doing when they're buying into credit cards and things like that and, and just surrounded by this consumerist world, that they'll actually be able to have a handle on that. Uh, So it is really, really important for young people. Uh, I think a third of um, that age bracket as well or kind of young people in general, have up to £3,000 worth of personal debt, which is a massive amount to have when you haven't even got a mortgage or, uh, you know, you haven't even really established yourself yet to already have £3,000 worth of debt. And that's not even thinking about students who are at university who have so much debt. Uh, So it really is an important thing to start thinking about now and why we're so passionate about it, why it is so important. Um, schools often say, I mean, it's, it's part of the curriculum now that financial literacy is taught in schools, but actually the teachers say that they don't have the resources, they don't have the finances, they don't have the time. But if we're able to offer something really practical as the church, it means that we're going in, into communities, into schools in our communities and actually offering that service free of charge with our time. So teachers are going to lap that up. They're going to want that. Um, and it's just going to all help towards, yeah, building the kingdom, but also good discipleship of money and also young people um, just yeah, being free from that worry of debt when they're older.
0: It's great. And um, hopefully, like, we're doing this quite speedily, but hopefully uh, I wouldn't have to convince you guys in the room to understand that debt can be a huge problem. Uh, and it's only getting worse, you know, like when we see these TV ads like Wonga and that kind of stuff, uh, and people can just sort of go out on a Friday night and access money straight away and be getting into debt. We really need to be proactive on this issue, right? Rather than reactive in a few years' time uh, when we're a bit older, but our young people are older as well. We want to start tackling this issue uh, right now. Um, And I think that CAP is certainly um, a charity that many of us have been working with for a number of years now. But what's really stood out to me is the fact that CAP are working um, preventative work with young people that's working right across the UK, which is really encouraging. Um, why don't you just share with us a little bit about some of the work that is going on across the, the UK, you guys are involved with so much that's quite significant, um, so why don't you just help us understand a, a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so kind of a, a broader look at the whole CAP model. We partner uh, with 600 churches to, to do these services. That's our debt centres, job clubs, release groups and life skills. But on top of that, we've got about 760 churches that are doing the CAP money course across the UK. And 200 of those have the materials to be able to work with young people. Um, so amazing things are happening. About 6,000 people go through an adult CAP money course a year. We get uh, thousands as well going through the kids course because we're able to meet kids kids in such large quantities because we're going into schools and meeting them there. Um, So this is something that's being used all across the UK. Um, It's really popular. Um, Teachers want to to see it as well as uh, kind of local communities and councils. Um, So it is just a really amazing opportunity. We're doing loads. Um, In terms of our debt work, we're seeing kind of 2,000 families every year just go debt-free through the work that that we're doing with them. Um, And that's them actually paying back their debts. Uh, Some of them will go bankrupt uh, or, yeah, go through an insolvency route, but a lot of them are actually paying back those debts that they have, because that's what people want to do. They want to pay the debts that they have, and there's a real stigma attached to debt that people um, don't want to pay it back, or they're just lazy, and um, that's just really not the case, and we get to see those, those cases and meet those clients and meet those real stories um, in the work that we're doing. And it's the same with the Cat Money course. Lots of people will come to us actually feeling pretty desperate, and they'll leave feeling like they've got freedom in handling their finances and real control over them as well. So...
0: It's amazing, isn't it? Um, 2,000 families going debt-free. We can give that one a little clap if you, if you like as well. It's great. And so from a real practical point of view, um, as I said, and I was quite honest with Karen, um, I used to be a youth leader, believe it or not, a little while ago, um, and I never really combated these issues at all. One of the things that I've learned, um, sort of just growing in Jesus and moving on and looking back a little bit, Uh, and even working with gap years and that kind of thing, is that we really want to equip people, um, not just in a spiritual point of view, but equip people for life in all kinds of different ways and kingdom perspective uh, in all aspects of life, and money, obviously, being one of them. Uh, So from a practical point of view, as youth groups, youth leaders sat here, youth teams sat here, that saying we've just never engaged this issue. We might be in a meeting where we hear about it with a family or some adults. Practically, what can we do as youth leaders to engage this issue, face up to this issue, uh, and start finding out more about it
1: yeah start running the cat money youth course Um, so the way that it works is if you want to train up if you want to use these materials uh, in your youth groups at your churches in your communities you can come along to a one day uh, regional training event Uh, it's called the cat money training event Um, we have them kind of all across the country every year come along to that it's just one day it's a Saturday it's £45 to train uh, and you can get the, the youth or the student or the kids resources if you want to have those instead of the adult ones and then after that point you're kind of free to just run the course whenever you want. So uh, it's really simple to keep running it. Uh, you can do it flexibly. The youth course is just a one hour session. Uh, so it's really simple, really easy to run, uh, really interactive. Uh, we're gonna be showing a kind of a video clip that would show the young people uh, in a second. So come along and see me. I'm gonna be at the stall until about five. Uh, come and see me if you want more information. I'll give you a, a leaflet to take away. You can express an interest. I've got some iPads, just fill in your details and we'll send you more information. Um, after today uh, and just yeah just get trained up to do it because it's, it's so simple it's so easy it's really cheap it's a really cheap resource to do in your church but it's so effective and a really really great impact um, so yeah you can just come chat with me I'll be at the stall over there at the back.
0: That's great so we're gonna watch a quick video that Karen just um, mentioned just then uh, and then I just want to set you a few questions just in your teams just to talk through so let's watch this video uh, and then we'll go from there.
2: Sam's story is a single session introduction to money management for 14 to 16-year-olds. This is Sam. He has just finished school and is about to start college. Through the interactive case study, pupils will help Sam to navigate his way through all the things he wants to spend his money on and identify his income and expenditure. Even though Sam thought he was pretty sorted with money, he realised there were a lot of things he wanted to do which cost money. Like going to the cinema, playing footy and seeing his girlfriends. But not all that much coming in. To find out more about running the Cap Money Youth course, visit www.capmoney.org forward youth or call a member of the Cap Money team on 01274 760 567.
0: Great. That was actually not the video that we thought it was going to be, but that's (laughs) fine. That was a promotional video, um, but gives you a bit more insight just in terms of what we're talking about. Um, One of the things, or the place that I'd love you to start, just in your teams right now, uh, would just be simply to ask the question, have you ever tackled the issue of debt and monetary issues with your young people? And regardless of whether that's yes or no, what are you going to do in the coming year in order to tackle these issues. So I want you to do that in your teams. As you do that, Karen is going to head to the stall, which is just on your way out of the venue. You've probably seen her already. Um, So one of you, so don't all swamp her, but one of you from your table, if you want to head over to her stall and just give an email address, so that she can keep in contact with you, give you some more opportunity to connect with CAP. Um, And if you are interested in going on training or finding out more resource, uh, then obviously they can send that through for you. So if one of you wants to do that, the rest of you just discuss that issue. Are you tackling money issues, debt specifically with young people? And if not, or even if you are, what are you gonna do in the future to tackle it?
3: Hi. Me again. Um, We just had a. I was just having a chat, and we we've kind of got a little bit of a story. Um, So out of New Day. Last year, Matt Summerfield did in the new day, like the youth leaders stream. He talked about um, practically helping young people, and he talked about money. And as a youth work, we decided that we would teach into um, finances. We've done. Let me just tell you that we have not done this ever before. This is a first timer. Um, And actually, it was a really amazing evening. And so, one of um, my team, they they taught about how they budgeted and how they um, put. Uh, like discussed about what you get in and then what you spend. And then the young people then took away like um, a budgeting sheet that they could take away. And what um, I was really like interested in is the link between what Wayne and Ali talked about. So they said "A a passionate disciple gives money to the church and actually if we can help them to budget to know what's coming in what's going out and to be able to understand that they can then give some of that away to their church um, it would be incredible if we could teach them really young and the other thing we realized is that actually as youth leaders many of our young people that are in our youth works will not have family who can help them to budget well so they won't actually their parents will not be playing that role so how essential it is that we as their youth leaders are investing in our young people and teaching them how to budget well. And we've just had a conversation of actually, we haven't been back and said to our young people, how's that going? Have, um, have you got any other questions? And we didn't discuss debt. So I think we've, we've got some um, learning points, but can I just say to you how powerful that one evening was and our young leaders have said it's really impacted us personally. So can I encourage you, get it in your programme, it does work.
0: Nice one, Bex. <clears throat> Good, right, let's welcome Naomi up You need the mic. That's right. No, it's good. So, um, this is Naomi. And um, she, in fact, I was going to say we met just a little while ago at a prayer meeting. But when we met at the prayer meeting, it was one of those awkward moments saying, Oh, we've met before at New Day, and I had to apologize. Um, But um, when we did meet at the the prayer meeting, um, just found out a little bit more about you, yourself. But also, I've been finding out, I suppose, over the last year or two about XLP and just meeting more and more people that are involved and working with XLP. Um, And I'd love you just to help us in the room. Some people may be familiar. Some people probably it's the first time that you've maybe even heard of XLP. So it'd be great for us just to understand a bit more about who you are and what you do.
4: Great. Okay. Um, Hello, for those of you who are here bright and early this morning. I'm Naomi Allen, um, you may well have seen me earlier, but um, XLP stands for the XL Project and um, 22 years ago, uh, there was a stabbing in a local playground um, just at the southern tip of Southwark Borough in London and um, really... it. It's the type of thing which you think should shake a community because when a young person dies due to a violent attack of knife crime, actually that, that should provoke something in us. And uh, the school, uh, they, they reached out to the local church and said, look, local church, can you help us to raise the moral fibre of our school? Not can you help our pupils to deal with this And uh, maybe, oh, can you actually help us to grapple with with knife crime in our school? Can you help us to raise the moral fibre? And the vicar of the the church did not fancy it too much. And so he sent uh, the 19-year-old youth worker down to to have a go. And that is the founder and CEO of our organisation. And he basically began his ministry in that school by just listening to young people. And uh, understanding a little bit more about the challenges that they were facing. So the realities of what it's like to be part of an immigrant family and how that works in integrating into a culture that you don't fully understand. Working with young people who don't speak English as a first language and so are constantly a step behind their peers. Working with young people who have such limited aspirations because they're growing up in broken communities where they are there was limited hope of brokenness themselves and and seeing that those cycles repeated and feeling like there was limited hope. And so XLP really began as uh, an opportunity for young people to experience hope and to try and understand that actually there was no reason for them not to have a positive future. But a lot of young people need someone to actually tell them that. They're not going to work it out on their own. And uh, as we are a Christian organisation and really in, in the ways that we follow christ and have want to have his heart for these young people for each one of us we need to know that there is something bigger than ourselves that there is hope for our situations um, and that there are, we're not we're not too far gone that we're not unredeemable um, but for a lot of our young people that's all they hear they're in their schools in their families actually i'm not welcome people don't like me i don't have any hope I, the only way that they're going to know that there is another option. And I kind of feel like that's almost been a bit of a theme of today. It's just understanding that young people are growing up in incredibly complex times. And sometimes we can make assumptions that, oh, of course they know this. When sometimes they need to be reminded of the simplest things.
0: That's great. And even just what you've said, it sort of half answers this. But um, from a real personal point of view, from your point of view, uh, obviously working with XLP and these guys, um, both CAP and XLP, actually were at New Day this year and I'm hoping that you guys will be there again coming year.
4: Take that as an invite, great, we'll be yeah, there, great.
0: That's good, it's just happened, <laughs> can't take it back now. Um, personally, from your point of view, why do you work for XLP?
4: Yeah, so... Um I, I never thought I'd be a youth worker. I'll be real with you. I did a, uh, a gap year doing youth work for a year when I was 18 with XLP. And um, I kind of thought, right, that's my year of youth work. Done. Tick. Um, I kind of I was one of these people who I gave myself fully to doing a really decent gap year. But finished the year fairly burnt out and feeling like, gosh, I'm done. Great. I've worked for a year. Tick. On to the next thing. God, bigger and better, please. And um, then I actually I went and... Uh, did a degree in international politics and it was after that that I was really like grappling with God, like where is it that you're calling me, where is it that you're wanting me to outwork what I've learned in this world and um, I was really struck just by injustice and the fact that for a lot of young people actually, where they're born will determine how many opportunities they have and that due to broken communities, crime can seem like a legitimately good option and that's not fair. That's actually just not fair for young people, for them to think that this is a good option for me because no one else will give me a chance. So for some of our young people at the moment, um, they don't want to apply for jobs because they know like, when people see my postcode, they're not going to give me an interview, so what's the point? And I guess there was something in that whole idea of, like, i I'd just done a whole degree on like, politics <laughs> and um, feeling a bit like I really just want to be part of change. And seeing that actually God is a God of miracles, God is a God of absolutely unrelentless hope, Um, relentless hope, unrelentless hope, what am I trying to say? Which one is it? Just hope, hope, he's a God of hope, there we go, we'll go with that. But, yeah, and so I guess for me, getting involved in an organization where it 's about really seeing people as people and not a program i 'm not trying to churn young people through a sausage factory i 'm actually trying to get to know them and being able to see, "Ah, oh, yes, this is who you are. I can call out the potential I see in you because I know you and like we 've journeyed together, and you know a bit about me actually and not only do we know each other, but there's respect there. And so you've got to trust a little bit more about what I say. And it's not just about, oh, because you're an adult, you should listen to who I am and what I've, I'm telling you. And I think what I was loving about what Wayne was saying, this idea about being able to not just give my opinion, but have something where I can be like, oh, well, I know that's how you feel. And like, actually, there are other people who have experienced this. And let's like go back to the Bible a little bit more and like look at this. I mean, the reality is is that now XLP works predominantly in in, in, in inner-city boroughs in London, in nine boroughs, doing a mixture of schools and community and outreach youth work, really trying to target young people who are at risk of school exclusion and uh, crime. And we're particularly wanting to look at those young people who have kind of been written off by everyone else. The kids who are kicked out of the local youth club, who a lot of the time aren't welcome in (laughs) church youth groups. Um, I'll be real with you, sometimes like a lot of the churches we work with don't want our young people going because it's like, oh, what are we going to do if they trash the place? Um, the reality is, is that relationship nurtures the belief that change is possible. And actually, Say that again. relationship, it nurtures the belief that change is possible. And for some of our young people, they don't think that they're ever going to change or that anyone can ever believe that they could.
0: Oh.
4: It's up to us to help them to see that they can.
0: Yeah, and it's so important, like Ali was saying as well, about helping train our young people to be accepting of the people that we're trying to bring in. And uh, yeah, you're hitting that head-on. And from a personal point of view as well, obviously you're doing, you're, you're training mentors, you're doing mentoring, you're taking buses out to different communities in nine different boroughs. What are some of the, the now issues with the young people that you're working with? We'll have a a real diverse mix of people in the room from all different places in the UK, but from From what you're seeing and through your lens, uh, what are you seeing in terms of youth culture right now?
4: Yes, so so the way that I've interacted with XLP, working with them, is that for five years I was leading the youth work in the borough of Lewisham. And um, in the last 18 months that I uh, worked there, I had six of the young people that we directly worked with uh, die due to knife crime. And um, so whether or not you are London-based, whether you think that knife crime is an issue... It is an issue for those, particularly in London, but across the country, knife-related incidents is on the rise. And I would probably break that down into, I guess, a couple of reasons, is that young people generally are struggling to cope, and they're struggling to connect. So young people struggling to cope, you see that in a whole load of ways, like mental health issues in young people is on the rise. Like Half of all um, mental health issues will be established by the age of 14, And we're seeing this, a struggle to cope. And I don't know what to do. So self-harm also on the rise, a struggle to cope. Carrying a knife out of fear is because I'm struggling to cope in a positive way. And so part of our response needs to be actually, how are we helping to build positive coping mechanisms into young people? Do they know the hope of Jesus? Can we be praying and helping them to see that there is power in prayer? Are they seeing that? Actually, I don't have to panic but that there is another way for me. And then there's also this idea of like just struggling to connect. Um, more and more, we're seeing uh, young people being kicked out of school. There are now 500,000 young people in alternative education, and yet only 1% of those will get five GCSEs. So they're struggling to connect, actually, with community. Because if you don't have qualifications, how can you connect with a workplace? How can you connect actually with peers who are going to be good influences for you because you're surrounded by people who've also been kicked out of school? So part of our work is really, really targeted at trying to keep young people in mainstream education and seeing that as a really good way of giving them a positive future. But I think there's also this thing of young people living their lives through screens. So young, uh, Youth for Christ, YFC, they recently did a survey where they just asked a whole load of young people, what is your favourite thing to do in your spare time? And 81% of young people said that watching YouTube videos was their favourite thing to do in their spare time. And yet in that same survey, 40% of those people said, YouTube videos make me feel bad about myself. And 67% said, social media makes me feel bad about myself. So we're seeing young people very much relate with each other through a screen, but that also that they're recognising that screen has a bad impact on me, but I still am going to engage through a screen. And how are we helping our young people to be able to articulate emotion? Like for, for a number that young people XLP work with, they're growing up in families which potentially don't, don't speak very Well, like, together, like, whether or not they've got parents who are out all the time working or who just aren't around very much, they don't know how to talk to adults. So we've had some young people who cannot talk to adults without shouting because they've only ever had those kind of negative interactions. And so just being able to take a young person and be like, you don't have to shout because I'm not shouting. Actually, like, I can just talk to you because I really want to get to know who you are. Yeah, I mean, struggling to cope, struggling to connect. I think are the two main
0: things going on. That's really helpful. And one of the things <clears throat> that you just mentioned at the top there, and I think um, this has come up to be honest with you with New Day for a number of years, and I've probably spoken to a number of you about this in the room in, in one way, shape, or form. Um, but when we talk about serious serious youth violence, um, it's such a big issue, and uh, we're starting to hear that more and more on the news, aren't we? In terms of there just being this e- epidemic uh, of knife crime um sometimes it's easy to sit there and, and sort of look at it as an us and them so maybe you're sat here right now and you're from uh, somewhere where that is a particular issue um, and you're like yep i can completely relate to that some of you are sat there thinking i've got no idea what you're talking about and if anything like that happened near me I'd, i just have no clue what to do uh, and hopefully you're sort of like helping us join that up and i think through New Day, that's one of the things that we're particularly wanting to do. Um, good mate Ben Lindsay was there, who you know uh, as well, this year, um, last year, sorry, uh, at New Day. And we were praying against serious youth violence. Um, I'd love you just to, to help us understand if we're close up and personal um, to those issues, uh, what is it that we could do? But maybe if we're feeling slightly removed, uh, what are some of the things that we can do in order to, to tackle that as an issue? Yeah, okay. question, sorry. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, it's big. Um, I think, ultimately, if you're working with young people who are getting caught up in uh, knife crime or serious youth violence, generally, um, the way that XLP has really s- seen, I guess, transformation is through one-to-one mentoring. And, like, having a person who will choose to invest their time in that young person. So we run a volunteer mentoring programme where... We ask people to give a couple hours of their time every week for at least a year. And we train them for like four evenings in like what mentoring looks like and how to do it well. But the reality is, is that having a consistent figure in your life who is willing to journey with you and who is willing to be stood up and like, who is still going to turn up week after week, even if it's like you keep on making the same mistakes, that actually speaks a lot to young people who have written themselves off. For, um, I guess, one of the things that we've really been recognising in terms of uh, working with young people who are choosing this lifestyle is just having a point of connection. Um, We are really lucky to have some cool resources, so we have a mobile recording studio to be able to connect with young people who really are into their music and be like, oh, yeah, this this is, like, the big thing. And just being able to build relationship from where young people are at. I mean, the call of the gospel is to go, and far too often at church, we say, come. Sometimes we do actually have to step outside of our, our buildings and go to where young people are because they're not going to come to us, if, especially if they're like choosing lifestyles that they know are, are completely opposite to where we're at. And so I would just encourage you, if you're someone who's living in areas where you know knife crime is a big thing, is that either getting involved in some of the organisations who are locally at, I guess, tackling that issue. I mean, if you're in London, please come and speak to us because we'd love to connect with you if you're a London church. Um, I think if you're outside of London, and maybe this isn't such a prevalent issue, firstly, I'd say the latest report from the Metropolitan Police says that actually it's only 25% of knife crime that is related to gangs, which is quite often what people think about. So 75% of knife crime um, has nothing to do with being part of a gang. It's just about actually complex issues but generally to do with fear and, and feeling like actually I'm peer pressured into this and so one of the things that we're, we've been asking churches to do is just to really pray into the issue Ben Lindsay who um, this Ben mentioned um, he, he basically was like I'm going to gather people because I want to pray that in this borough in Lewisham where his, his church is I want to pray that we won't see a young person stabbed at all this year now the reality is, is, that we did have young people stabbed, but we didn't actually have any young people killed from life crime in 2017, which is an absolute miracle. Now, the year before, we had loads, and like, I, more and more, I'm just convinced that actually God's, God's grace on us is that when we are specific about asking um, he's really able to hear us, and I guess I want to encourage you that if you're in um, an area where you're like, no, crime is not a thing here, there are going to be other issues that your young people are facing, but try and, and also be praying for your brothers and sisters who are dealing with these issues, because it's hard, it's really hard work. Working with communities where young people have been killed is really hard going, and it it kind of breaks down any trust a lot of the time that has been built and I mean particularly in London the relationships between communities and police are poor but that means that actually justice often isn't served and so the cycle continues to be broken and so I just really I really would like plea with you to pray for those of us who are working in these situations and encourage your young people to do the same like we were talking like At this prayer meeting at New Day, one of the most powerful things was an 11-year-old standing up and saying, I didn't realise stuff like this was happening, but I can pray. And then he did this heartfelt prayer, which got everyone with tears in their eyes, but it's because it's like, you're 11, you're taking responsibility that actually, yeah, I can pray for the issues that are in place here. And so I'm taking a page out of his book and very much encouraging us all to do the same.
0: That's great. Thank you so much. Um... I suppose, I just feel quite stirred. It would be good for us to pray, if that's cool. Um, is there anything else that you just want to say before we finish? Just You can have a minute, Tops.
4: Um, <laughs> pressure. <laughs> um, I guess the heart of XLP is that we are relational youth workers and that it's not about like, how fast you get there, um, but it is just about being willing to journey. And I think everything that we've kind of heard today is about this idea of actually... We have to be grace-filled. We have to deal with our own stuff. and like, We have to be willing to go for the, the journey for the long term. Um, and I think young people are growing up in a world which is in, increasingly complex and more and more stuff is uncertain and unstable. And in that space, the church, I think, is called to be a constant. Like, you know that you can rely on us because we rely on Jesus. Yeah. And I feel like if, if that's the only thing that people in this room take away, that is a good thing.
0: That's great. Thank you so much. (laughs) Let's clap. Um, There's just one quick question that I want to ask you guys just to consider just for like two minutes and then I'd love to pray for you and and for XLP. Um, And that is just how this year, again, 2018, uh, pre-summer and after-summer as a youth team you can consider um, facing up to serious youth violence um, and behavior issues. So some of that's gonna be obviously in your local context, but I'd love you just to, to nurture that thought, even if it's not close up and personal, what can you do this year? So uh, Wayne and I were talking in the summer and just saying like, you know, could you put two, three prayer meetings in a year where you're praying about this stuff? And I just wanna urge you, I know I, know I probably don't need to, when you are close up and personal to to violence and a few things, you know, when I was younger that you get exposed to, um, it's really challenging, like as an individual. And just even recently, um, so we moved uh, into London recently and I was in a prayer meeting in the morning at church uh, and a mate of mine gets a text and one of our friends just down the road who's an elder, um, basically a young person was stabbed and murdered outside their home and the children were sort of with the, the youngster that had been stabbed, so everyone sort of out the front of the home and sort of witnessed the whole thing. Uh, and so as we're praying in the morning, it sort of like puts a little bit of a shock through you in the sense of like, wow, like these, this family now, this morning, uh, and the way that the church responds, the way that the community responds, this is, this is huge, and they need our prayer and our support. Um, so I just want to plead with you that if this is an issue that you keep hearing about, just sort of thinking, I'm, I'm far removed from that. Um, we're just together on this stuff, aren't we? I don't need to sort of like convince you of it. So I'd love you just to consider how you might face up to some of that stuff in your, your local context. So you've got like two minutes, write down a couple of things, uh, and then we're going to pray. It'd be great just to finish, um, if it's okay, there. And obviously feel free to have chats later when you're eating pizza and going down the rapids and all that. Anyone want to listen? No? Hey, here I am. Cool. It's really important. Here I am. Um, to pray for this kind of thing. And so I'd love us to stand if you would. And um, I want to obviously pray for Naomi, which would be great. Um, so if you feel you want to reach out a hand or even come and lay hands on her, feel free to do that. <laughs> you can stand here or whatever. Um, but obviously, we want to pray into the actual issue itself as well, not just for these guys. They're doing a phenomenal work and a phenomenal job. Um, but like Ben, you know, just uh, Lindsay sort of like being stirred in faith, let's pray uh, that a young person in this borough is not stabbed this year. What a phenomenal thing to start praying into and our God is able to do such things. We look at the epidemic in this nation uh, and the greatest place, the greatest reason, the wisdom, the hope is found in our King Jesus, right? Uh, and as our privilege is that we get to engage with him right now, we get to cry out to him right now uh, and that's what we're going to do, yeah? let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much uh, for everything that we've been hearing over the last uh, sort of 24 hours or so. Uh, The gospel, the richness, the magnitude of who you are, what you've done, what you're going to do and what you're doing. We thank you that we do not have to be terrified. We thank you that there is hope. We thank you that you are not moved by such things. You will not be pushed off of the throne of glory. Uh, And God, we thank you that you have compassion for such issues. We thank you that you see this nation, you see where it's at. Uh, And Lord, we don't have to educate you. We don't have to convince you. Uh, Lord, you are sovereign and you are wise, uh, perfectly wise. And so we come humbly before you and we cry out to you saying, God, we do not have all the answers, but Lord God, we know that you do. Uh, And so God, would you help us? Please, would you help us? Help this room even now Uh, help us to learn how to pray into this issue, help us to learn uh, just how to have compassion for young people that are on the fringes of society that have been caught up with violence and behavioural issues. Uh, Lord I pray for every youth group represented in this place, Lord I pray that you would just help us find our place with this issue uh, because it's a live one uh, and it's one that's at the forefront of society right now and I I just want to pray in the name of Jesus specifically for For XLP and for Naomi and and all the other guys that are here representing that, working for XLP as well. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would do a wonderful work with this charity this year. We pray that you'd protect them. We pray that you'd give them grace and patience. Uh, Lord, we pray you'd continue to deepen the wells of compassion in their hearts. Lord God, take it deeper. (laughs) Lord, that they would be moved on a daily basis for the young lives that have been affected by such issues. Uh, Lord, and I just pray that you would go before them. I pray that you would come behind them, Lord God. I pray that they would see who you are, Lord, as every bus goes out on a Friday night and engages the culture Uh, in the city Lord God I pray that you'd really bless them Uh, and Lord likewise Lord we do just pray we we recognize that it isn't just happening in London and that's one of the things that I really want to bang home Lord we recognize that there are issues and behavior issues right across this nation and so in the name of Jesus Christ would you come Holy Spirit uh, and would you just fan into flame uh, this sort of now issue Uh, just drenched in kingdom perspective. Lord, I I pray for Friday nights and Tuesday nights and Sundays. We'll pray for wisdom right across this room about reaching people that are on the fringes and caught up in things that they shouldn't be. Lord, grace in abundance for us uh, that we would just go and ooze Jesus to the young people in our communities. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. 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 Keep up the good work, XLP. You know who you are in here. Thank you so much. Okay, I'd love to just, ah, here she is now, invite Jodie to come and join me, um, who, oh yeah, just down there. So, um, me and Jodie are probably, like, out of the three people I've interviewed, I don't think, I, I don't know any of them particularly well, but the people that I've met over the last year or so, and you're probably the one I know the least, so thanks for coming and trusting me to interview you. <laughs> thanks for trusting me. No worries. Uh, but heard Jodie speak um, based in Lowestoft and yep. um, have been involved with Youthscape in the past and are. Uh, is that youth, right? for youth for Christ. Sorry, wrong. wrong yeah. Sorry. 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 Um, but is currently working as a youth worker in the church. And heard Jodie talk about prayer space and um, just your whole approach was quite simple. It wasn't complicated, which I love, which is a good thing. Um, and it was just a real privilege just to hear her. So I, I wanted her to come and just help us. It's another area uh, in, uh, in sort of community and society where we can just engage young people both in school and in our churches, uh, help our youngsters that know Jesus to pray, but also to engage people um, that don't know Jesus. So I wonder if you could just start by helping us understand a little bit more about the work that you're doing, particularly around prayer spaces.
5: Yeah, okay, cool. So, um, so my role in our church is I'm a youth worker, and um, I work part-time, but um, my heart, sort of, if I was to put my rocks in the bucket first and say, what is the thing that makes me tick is schools work, um, and that's what my background is. So um, for me, I coordinate prayer spaces in schools Um, In Lowestoft. So, some of you will have heard of Prayer Space, others might, it might be completely new to you. Um, So, Prayer Spaces in Schools has come from um, the 24 7 prayer movement. Um, And it's basically like it acts as a resource hub. So, um, there's a website um, and there's loads of creative ideas for people on the ground to pick up and take into schools. And there's no sort of rigid program or thing you have to do, it's up to you to make it work for you. Um, So we, I, basically coordinate a team of people in Lowestoft, which is an interdenominational team. It's not just from our church. Um, And we go into local primary schools and secondary schools. um, And we set up... Um, whether it's in a cupboard or a classroom or a corridor or a hall. And we set up a prayer space, which most of you have been to New Day and probably seen an element of prayer space there. Um, Our prayer spaces don't generally look like that because that is absolutely beautiful and amazing. Ours is a bit more more low-key because we're going in and setting it up and taking it down. Um, So we set up like a creative, multi-sensory, interactive room with lots of different stations, Um, Sometimes it's themed around something the school would want, so we've just done a Christmas prayer space, we're doing an Easter prayer space coming up, Um, and basically it ticks the box for schools because um, RE is being pushed out of schools, I don't know if you've noticed that, but that is the case, RE is being pushed out. Um, and so when we go in and offer prayer space it ticks a box for them because it ticks their RE box but it also ticks the box of being multi-sensory and um, it it appeals to lots of different learning levels so for children who are autistic and have learning difficulties um, they really engage with it so um, schools love that so that's
0: what I do. That's great thank you and just as we've been talking and just thinking around the whole subject of prayer, I know uh, to be honest, both at New Day and again, having been a youth worker, um, when we talk to young people, prayer, the subject of prayer, can often be quite a hard task. Um, and it, dare I say it, I think even for, not just youth leaders, leaders generally, uh, we all know what the right answer is, prayer prayer's good. That's really worrying that only a few of you said that. Prayer is good, isn't it, everyone? Yeah. Good, um, but in terms of actually creating a, a, a culture of prayer, getting to it, what's our own prayer life looking uh, like, uh, and encouraging young people to engage in prayer, it'd be really great just to understand again your heart, just understanding why is it so important to, to pray, and get prayer spaces into schools. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, help us understand that.
5: Okay, so like we, we when we we're in schools, we talk to the kids about how. Um, communication um, if you've got a friendship with somebody communication is the key to that friendship if there was no communication there wouldn't be much of a friendship and that's quite a simplistic way of explaining to the children that for us as Christians um, God is our friend and we can't profess to have a relationship and a friendship with God if we're not talking to God and prayer is basically talking to God so um, that's how we explain it to the children um, and one of the other ways that we explain about prayer to children is that I think, like, for us, we find it really hard to pray, don't we? Well, maybe we don't all find it hard to pray. I find it quite hard to pray at times. And From the
0: sounds of things, only five people are praying.
5: <laughs> yeah, so you all find it hard to pray. <laughs> um, so, and I, th- I think that the reason, or one of the reasons that I find it hard to pray and have done over the years um, is that we believe a lie about prayer and that lie is that prayer, there's a set way to pray and if you don't do it in that set way... It's not, it's not the real deal. It's not the real thing. It sort of falls short of the mark of what it should be. Um, so, and that's one of the biggest lies that we want to knock out of, for the children straight away. So um, for some of them, well, for all of them, every school we go into, no matter what age level we're going into, I say to them, um, who can tell me what prayer is? And at 100% of the time, one child, if not the whole child, um, classroom of children, do this. Um, and we have to then go on the journey with them and explain, actually, do you know why your teachers get you to do that? And um, they get you to do that so that you don't fidget. Um, it's nothing to do with anything else. Other than that, and they think it's because it points to heaven and all of this. And we say, no, it's so that you don't fidget. Um, and actually, and we want to explain to them that there's so many different ways you can pray. And talking to God isn't just about doing it in a set way. You can talk out loud, you can shout, you can sing, you can dance, you can draw, you can write, you can chant, you can act things out. And these are all valid ways of praying. Um, But it's really important that I believe that in order to communicate that to the children. And I do believe that. Um, For me, sitting in a prayer meeting in a circle, praying out loud isn't the best way that I pray. So for me, I like writing my prayers down. So for me, like I've had to go on a journey and realise that writing prayers down is just as valid as a person standing, saying a prayer out loud. Um, and so I, because I genuinely believe that, I believe that that translates to the children. And, and that's what we want to get across to them, that actually there are so many, it's a plethora of ways to pray to God. It's always praying to God, but there's lots of ways to do that. Um, and I think statistics, I don't know what statistics are, but I know that I've read statistics that show that most people... Um, pray. If you were going to, do a, going to go into a poll on the streets, most people would say that they pray. They don't shy away from admitting that. People are, are cool with admitting that they pray at some point in their life, usually when the going gets tough. Um, and I think if we can explain to children from a young age that this is the way that you can pray, you can pray in all these different ways, and it's a positive experience doing a prayer space in a school, then when they get to that point in their life where they feel the need to pray, hopefully they will remember that and remember actually that woman says, (laughs) that we can pray in all different ways. And and we're praying to a God who loves us and who is our champion and has the best for us. Um, And I want to give them the most positive experience of prayer from a young age so that they remember that that seed is sown for that point in their life where they use it and they want to pray.
0: That's quality. Really helpful. Thank you. Um, I just like, as you were talking, I just remember a guy coming up to me a while back and uh, he was part of a a youth group when he was younger and exactly that experience and wasn't in church but had hit a real tough time in his life and expressed, I, I do pray and I'm praying about this situation. I'm praying to the God that you believe in. So it's so helpful to hear that. Um, from a real practical point of view, um, I suppose there's some people in here that are really used to going into schools and engaging young people and all that kind of stuff. Some people maybe have never done it. Maybe there might be an opportunity. In reality, when you get a prayer space set up, what's it really like in terms of, like, do you just get pure abuse from the young people? and <laughs> uh, they just like, cuckoo, see you later? Like, just help us understand really practically okay. what's it like when you're, you're
5: doing um, this. So it stuff. differs quite widely from primary to secondary. Um, primary school children are just excited about everything going. and um, This doesn't take a lot. So they, they, yeah, they walk into the room and they're just buzzing. They're like, We're like you know, sit down. Um, so they're really enthusiastic about it, and... Um, they engage with it on quite a different level to the secondary school kids. Obviously for primary school children, a lot of them, a lot of them can't read. Um, so the nature of a prayer space that we would do is we would have instructions on how to engage with different activities. So a lot of them can't read, so you have to think things like that through. Um, uh, and they, yeah, they, they sort of, the interesting thing about primary school children when they engage with a prayer space is that they will be praying for one thing on one level, um, what they think is the issue, but very quickly, so I've got an example. So um, um, we had a little boy who was um, praying. We had an igloo and we had pieces of paper and they had to write down the things that they were anxious and scared about and scrunch them up into a ball and post them into the igloo. And as they posted them, they were saying, God, please help me to not be scared and anxious of this thing anymore. And the little boy wrote down on his piece of paper, kill a rabbit. Um, and we were like, right, kill a rabbit. That's quite a weird thing to write down. So um he was, I think he was in, like, year three, and we said, who's, what's the killer rabbit about? What are we praying for? Um, and he said, I'm really scared of my rabbit. Um, really, really scared. I don't want to go near my rabbit. And, and we were like, okay. And we could have just stopped there, scrunched the paper up and put it in. Um, why, what's going on then with this killer rabbit? And he said, well, my dad, my dad would protect me from the rabbit, but my dad isn't here anymore. And we said, oh, where's your dad gone? And he said, he committed suicide last week. Um, but it's really, that's, the sort, that's what happens in primary school a lot. So in the secondary school, they would just come out and tell you, my dad committed suicide last week. Um, but in the primary level, they don't have the, it's sort of, they don't have the ability to do that. His, his issue was his killer rabbit. It wasn't that his dad had died the week before. Um, so that's, the sort of, that's what we experience in primary. In secondary school, they're all very cool. And they walk into a prayer space and are like, what are we doing here? Um, because we've ruined the run of the mill of their day. Um, They're quite freaked out by it. Um, But usually, within minutes, and it's not very many minutes, they totally engage with it. Um, As soon as they realise that they are free to roam the space as they will, and we give them permission to just watch and observe, and they don't have to do anything that we've said, um, they sort of chill. Um, And I have one story of a guy in in a high school who... He was like the cool kid. He was the popular kid. He was obviously the kid that everyone wanted to laugh at. Um, he liked acting the fool. Um, and the teacher was on his case. From the moment he was in the space, she was on, he wasn't particularly being naughty. Um, she was just on his case and saying, come on, you need to engage, you need to engage with what's going on. These people have, have been really kind to us. They've come and brought this into school. Um, and we were just sort of observing this from a, from a distance, really. Um, and the girl that I work with got quite... I could see, I, I know her quite well, and I could see she was getting quite emotional. I was like, something's going on. God's speaking to her. Um, anyway, the, the end of the, the session came. The guys walked off, and this lad was the last one to me. He, we had a bubble tube, and we had some um, post-it notes, and they were just praying. Ran- it was random station. They were just praying whatever they wanted to God, um, and the bubbles were representative of every prayer that you pray reaches god so every bubble as it leaves the bottom reaches the top of the tube, just like every prayer you pray goes to god and and he was the last one to leave and she she thought he was being naughty because he was the last one to leave he hadn't got up and got in the line and left she really came down on him hard um and he looked really upset but eventually he he went off and we were like what's that i said what to the laura my friend what's that about and she said they totally misunderstood him. God's, God's just really been speaking to me about that guy. He's totally misunderstood by these teachers. They are on his case the whole time. She said, Just go and read what he's written. And he just poured his heart out on this station, just written poster note after poster note after poster note of really deep stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so that's the way a, a, a secondary school is, I guess, engaging with it. So, quite different.
0: That's great. I mean, I think the, one of the things we've seen at New Day over the last few years with the prayer space there uh, is exactly what you're saying as well, in terms of just the, the depths of people's hearts being able to come out, and I suppose exploring different ways that people can do that. Um, I'd love to pray for us, I just, there's a few things that I think God's saying in this moment, um, which we're going to if that's all right, which we had not planned, for last call. But before we do, um, one of the things that struck me when, when we first met and just started chatting a little bit is just your vision um, for prayer space. And, obviously, you're working into schools. You've seen it as a way... Um, it's actually a benefit, obviously, to the school and that they're quite enthusiastic about having you there. Um, and so I think that you are seeing something that, that could be replicated. Um, do you want to just share a bit about that, as much or as little as you'd like to? But it'd be, it'd be great to hear your heart. Yeah, so,
5: so my, my personal vision for prayer space in our town, in Lowestoft, um, is that every school will have a permanent prayer space in their school. Um, and we are on that journey, little baby steps at a time, but every school I go in to do a pop-up prayer space, I have the conversation and I plant the thought of a permanent prayer space. Space is the issue in school, so having a permanent space is an issue. Um, but we have even in the last few weeks had a school talking about um, having a mobile building and potentially us going in there. So, so yeah, that's my personal, that's a bit of, bit of a sort of a long game dream. I, don't think, it's, I think it's gonna take a while to achieve that. Um, the, the stepping stones on the way, the mini vision in between is, um, so, I, so I mentioned earlier, it's interdenominational. Because the cool thing about prayer is that every church agrees on prayer. So it's something you can join forces on quite easily without you know, too much of a problem. So, um, so what I, I only work part-time. My capacity is quite small because I'm spinning the other youth work plates at the same time. Um, and generally, if a school wants you, they want you all week. Um, so... It's quite a big ask. And um, so what I'm doing at the moment is trying to get together a prayer space community. And um, so we're, we're in conversations with all of the churches in the town, constantly trying to train people up, um, which is in small numbers. I'm doing sort of two or three at a time. Um, so that when a school rings and says, can we have prayer space? I then put the email out to all of those contacts and say, who's free? On what days? And people literally can come in for an hour. They can come in for a whole day. Um, but the time slots are all covered. Um, so, yeah. It'd be, if you're willing to pray for us, it'd be great to pray for that, um, that community to grow and to have a workforce there. So, in the end, I don't even have to be in the picture necessarily. Um, yeah, so that's, they're the dreams. Has that answered your question? Yeah, it does answer my
0: question. That's I can't cool. What I ask. And just the final thing, what would you say, and this will help us just lead into prayer a little bit, um, for people in the room, uh, and this isn't like a judgment thing or anything, but we just go through different seasons where maybe people. Are struggling to engage uh, young youngsters in prayer, um, so maybe they're not working into schools. Uh, maybe just even the general program prayer isn't a particular feature. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to just say, just to finish up, in terms of encouraging us into to praying?
5: Yeah, I think if you're not doing, if you're not in school and doing what, doing anything, then you're missing a massive opportunity. Um, I know that I'm passionate about schools work because that's the thing that makes me tick. But like, schools are the hub of the community. It used to be the church was the hub of the community. Now it's a school. It's, like, so much happens in a school building. Um, and they're amazing places. Just to walk the corridors of a school are amazing places. So I would say to you, if you're not in school or if you're only just dipping your toe in, like, get in there and do it. Um, and if you're scared about that or if you've tried it and you've had rejection, um, go there again because... Um, what I've, I've been doing schools work for 15 years now in different capacities, um, and I think over that time, it's seemingly, it, um, the doors have got a bit tighter shut. Um, it, it can feel like that. But actually, there is always a way in, and God always has a way in. Um, and what I've learned over the years is that a no isn't always a no. So that we've had loads of stories where I've tried to go in one route into a school to do something um, and got a no but gone back to God and said, what's going on, God? And he's given me a different route in. And my prayer, the main thing that I pray is for a man and woman of peace in a school who isn't necessarily a Christian. It's somebody who will be your advocate, will be your ambassador on the ground. Um, And we've got a really cool story of a high school in our town who, two years ago, um, I decided I wanted to go in doing sort of pastoral stuff, mentoring, mentoring. And had a meeting with one of the deputy heads. It was really positive, really exciting. He was dreaming about all these things we could do. And then the door shut in my face. And I was gutted. And I was like, God, what's this about? Two months later I felt God say, You need to go back to that school. And I was like, Well, they've said no. I don't feel I can go back. And I found him saying, No, you need to go back. Just just email them, you need to go back. Just generally ask them how you can bless them as a school. So I emailed just the office and said, "Can you? I don't know who to even send this to, but we'd love to bless you as a school. Is there anything we can do? The next day, I got an email um, from a lady who I'd never heard of before in the school who said, you know when you're just praying for something and God answers it straight away? I want to meet with you. I was like, this is cool. There's a Christian lady in the school I didn't know about. So I went and had a meeting with her. She wasn't a Christian lady. She was praying. For, for an answer, she had an answer to prayer, but she wasn't a Christian, um, and we began a journey together, I now work with her doing a prayer space, so we do prayer space every year for her, we organise multi-faith lessons for her, we get to go and do lessons for her, we get bands in, we've got the Watoto Children's African, African Children's Choir coming next week with her, um, and she even texted me last week, how weird is this, saying that I was one of her closest friends, um, it's really cool, this like, relationship came out of nowhere, um, and then to make it like a little bit of a circle of the story, I got an email last week um, say from this guy who I was like, who's this guy? He's emailing me. I opened the email and he said, hi, Jodie, we met two years ago. Uh, he was the deputy head from the school. Um, it's been a long time. I don't even know if you're still in the same role, but I'd love if we can work together on the whole mentoring and pastoral stuff. Um, so I think that's the other thing to drop in there, that if, you've, if you are in schools or you're dipping your toe into it or you have not there yet, just keep in mind that it's a long game. Like sometimes you'll get a no. no. A no isn't always a no. God has other ways of getting you in. You do have to think outside the box. You do have to think creatively. Um, and we just try and add as many strings to our bow as possible. So we do prayer spaces in schools a lot. We do lessons. We also do cap. Cap's cool. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to do. Go for it. If you're sitting there thinking, "Do cap? Shall I do cap? Go and do cap." Um, schools love it. It ticks a box for them. Um, we also do like an Ofsted hamper mission, where we, when we hear a school gets is getting an offset, we bless the school, we make a hamper, we take it in, we take cards in, and anything we can do, like recently a school sent out a text message saying um, it was like snowed, um, the, the kids can go out to play because not every child in the school had been sent in with a coat because they were in quite a poor area, um, and the school texted around all the parents saying, really sorry, and we're keeping the kids in because we only have 30 spare coats in the school, and there's more than 30 kids without a coat. Um, so this week we're helping them out and we're going to provide them with coats as a school. So it's just like, it's been thinking on your feet and just hearing the needs and having, an, the, in our church, we cover the whole town. We're not just a church, we at first like a, a parish. So we, there's people all over the town. So we've got children in every school, as parents all over the town. So we just have a WhatsApp group on our phone. And if anyone hears of anything that's going on or thinks we might be able to do anything, they just text it and because I'm on the ground I just try and action things and see and we just we want to be visible and we want the schools to know we are here to serve you and bless you and we want any way we can so get out there and do it (laughs) that's
0: good just finish there um There's just a few things um, I'd love us just to, to concentrate on. I wonder if we can just give a big thank you to Karen, Naomi and Jodie, first of all, uh, for joining us today. And um, I'd love to, um, to finish, um, as I say, praying for a couple of things. Not least, I'd love to, us just to pray for Karen as well, if that's okay. I know you've got to shoot, Karen, uh, so we won't hold you for too long. Um, but for yourself as well. So can we just start by doing that? So Karen, just if you want to stand where you are, Jodie, come down here and let's pray for these guys in terms of the work that they're doing. Um, So if a few of you just want to gather around, feel free any time to move. So I'm being really cheeky today, aren't I? As always, yep, sorry. Do a few of you just want to come gather around to pray for these guys as well, not just people that are there we go. There we are. Great. Okay, just where you're at, um, just want to encourage you with this. Like This is what we're trying to help engage our young people with, that prayer matters. And so even now, as hands are being laid on these guys and as we pray, we genuinely believe that God hears. We believe that there is a vision uh, for that that God is doing uh, at the moment. So we, we bless you, Father, for the work of CAP. Uh, Lord, we thank you for all the thousands of families that we heard about earlier uh, that have gone debt-free. Praise you, God. We thank you so, so much for that. And we pray just a, a continuation of this work. Pray it would do us good just to consider the the subject of money with young people, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name that we'd be able to get hold of some of the tools that Kappa are helping us understand and use to really influence the lives of young people, Lord, that their lives wouldn't just be changed now, uh, but in the years to come they would be on a firm foundation on kingdom principles of how to handle money Uh, well, how to give money well. Uh, Lord, I pray your blessing over Karen. Keep her safe as she travels uh, from this place, Lord God, and all the guys that are working uh, into that area. We pray the same for Jodie. Thank you for the the faith and the vision that you've placed in her heart. And we just say, Lord, breathe it into life in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the bold statement that she wants to see a prayer space in every school in her area. And we just commit her to you uh, as uh, a room full of people that believe in you, saying, let that come to pass. In Jesus' name. And Lord, as she has been speaking, uh, Lord, I pray you just water the seeds in our own heart of faith to do such things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you so much, guys. It's been good. Thank you. Hopefully that's been helpful for you. I just want to, um, thanks. Uh, I just, I just feel like as these guys have been talking to us, there's a few things that I'd love just to, to call out in the room, if that's all right, and we're going to go back into a place of worship, um, particularly with that last session and everything that we've heard today and last night. There's so much content that comes uh, over the course of a weekend like this, um, so your head might be racing a little bit, uh, and that's fine, and just want to keep uh, re-emphasizing the fact that, you know, get notes down, uh, it's not like a quick fix, it's not like the silver bullet moment. Um, you can take this stuff back and you can wrestle with it and you can pray about it and you can consider it and weigh it before God. Uh, it's absolutely appropriate to do that. Um, but as we finish, we're going we're to finish by just concentrating on him. We can trust Jesus to, to bring clarity in our mind. Uh, and there's probably some stuff uh, just at the beginning of the day, I just felt that God was going to um, waken uh, people in the room. Sometimes God just gets hold of you in a way. It's like uh, often I'd pray that God would arrest hearts uh, and that's not just uh, the lost and people that don't know him but sometimes there are moments where it's just like he speaks right into your heart and that can be like when you hear teaching where you're like oh, I need to respond to this but sometimes it's like a vision or a strategy or a bit of faith around a certain subject that you think I've got no idea what to do with that but something is resonating in me um, and I just feel like that 's been going on a little bit today, and just would, would love to call that out a little bit if that 's okay. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Great.